Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Taylor Rapp, former Washington Husky defensive back, and you are tuned in to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Ooh. I am uh, one of your hosts, Charles Hammacher. We have Bennett with us here today. Hello, Bennett. Hello, I'm back. We do not have Omari today, so it seems like the past two weeks we've been rotating, but, uh, you know, sure enough, we'll get everybody here all together. Um, just a matter of timing and certain things going on. Regardless, uh, we're going to start off today. It will be mentioned a little bit later, but it is DK Metcalf's birthday today. This Monday that I am reading this, December 14th. Uh, he's 23 years old. Happy birthday to DeKalen Zacharias Metcalf. Uh, we'll speak on it in a sec. Let's just get into uh, prior to game information here for the game against the New York Jets. Uh, prior to the game, Chris Carson was said to get more of a workload after not being 100% in the Eagles and Giants games. And the team signed offensive tackle Chad Wheeler to the active roster and elevated linebacker Ray Ray Armstrong for this game, which I always thought Ray Ray Armstrong had a cool name, <laughs> Ray twice. Uh, game day and actives featured some key players here. Ryan Neal was not able to go this game. Tackle Jamarco Jones, guard Phil Haynes. Phil Haynes is an interesting case because I did a piece on him in the offseason, and I really wanted to see him get more guard play. But I don't know if he's injured or what, and he just, you know, he hasn't been able to play. Um, anyway, tackle Cedric Ogbwehi. So Seahawks were down two tackles in inactives. Running back Travis Homer, who's been out for a, a myriad of weeks, uh, and defensive end Carlos Dunlap was not able to play this game. So first quarter, the Jets would put the first points of the game on the board. They'd get the ball first, drive down the field, and kicker Sergio Castillo would hit a 45-yard field goal with 10.26 to go in the opening period. They'd have a lead. The New York football – no, football Jets. It only works for the Giants. The New York Jets would have a 3 to nothing lead against the Seattle Seahawks. New York football Jets. Um, <laughs> um, but the, the, in response, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks would march on the field on the following possession, and he would find rookie wide receiver Freddie Swain from 19 yards out to give the Seahawks a 7-3 advantage, and that would be all the scoring for the first quarter. The second quarter would be opened up by the Seahawks with – Four seconds into the quarter, Russell Wilson would find DK Metcalf from five, yard, five yards out. And DK would celebrate by hopping into the first row of the stands, taking hold of the camera and aiming it towards a piece of paper that would read, Happy Birthday, DK. There was more to it, but I haven't really seen uh, in good quality. It says, uh, a four-day trip, all expenses paid. Nobody hmm. knows what it means. Probably some sort of inside. I saw the four, but I didn't understand what the, you know. So, you know, happy birthday to him again. Um and that score would give Seattle a 13-3 th- uh, to three lead because Jason Myers would miss the extra point, womp womp. Um, but then later, with 12.35 to go in the second, former Jets kicker Jason Myers' revenge game woo, would add a 41-yard field goal, uh, and then with 32 ticks to the half, Chris Carson would run in a touchdown from five yards out, and our halftime score would be Seattle 23 to New York, three points. So a 20-point unanswered streak there going into the half New York all of the lead and you know everything escalated so quickly uh for them in the third quarter Seattle would start off the scoring in the second half when Russell Wilson would then find tight end Will Disley for his second score of the year from 10 yards out to give Seattle a 30 to 3 advantage and then again in the third quarter Russell Carrington Wilson would find David Moore almost said David David Moore from three yards out to push the Seattle total to 37 and the score going into the final period would be 37-3. to 
The only scoring in the fourth quarter would be from, again, former Jet Jason Myers on a 29-yard field goal, 349 left in the fourth. And that would give us our final score, a whopping 40-3. to um, Stat leaders, obviously, uh, Russell Wilson, 21 uh, completions on 27 attempts, 260 yards on four touchdowns and one interception. Geno Smith did get in the game. Sure did. Didn't, he, he put up 33 yards passing, so good for Geno. Uh, <coughs> Bennett can tell you I, I was rooting for Geno to get in there all game. <laughs> so good to see Geno in there. Uh, Chris Carson on rushing had 12 attempts for 76 yards in the touchdown. Obviously not a huge workload, but you know more than in recent weeks. On the receiving end, DK led in reception, uh, receptions and yards with six receptions for 61 yards in the tutter. Uh, tackles, Bobby Wagner had six total and five solo. And Bobby Wagner would also recover a fumble in that game, which was, if you saw the game, it was the most casual fumble recovery I've ever, ever seen. Oh, yeah. Like the ball kind of came out, Bobby jumped on it, and just both teams kind of walked to the sideline. It was like, okay, you can have the ball. It's uh, like maybe that. It's um, like a, maybe it's like a you don't want to fight with this fella. You it's know like, yeah, I mean? we're going we're gonna to leave the guy alone. He wears, he wears Ninja Turtle backpacks. He means business. <laughs> So, you know, we'll get into the question. Well, let, let's talk about what we actually were speaking about uh, prior to hitting the record button here. Yeah. As you said, this was a game that, it, it, to me at least, also, like you, you, you agreed, it wasn't necessarily exciting. It yeah, was no. just kind of a game. It was like, all right, you know, we kind of expect you guys to win this game big. And if you don't, it would kind of be disappointing. You know, I don't know if anybody out there was like, whoa, this was, you know, it's, it's, it's really nice to see the offense clicking, you know, but when, I don't know, to me, at least to me, when you have these expectations and you've got this organization that makes the playoffs, you know, which feels like just about every year, except for that one year we had Blair Walsh as a kicker. Ugh. Um, you know, you expect to be beat bad teams, you right. know, so yeah, it was it was nice and it was good to see the defense play well and only give up the three points, which came on the first drive of the game. Um, but you know, it was uh, it needed to be done. It, it was it is what we expected it to be. So you know. Yeah, um, and I think part of the reason why it was such a boring game, uh, three dropped picks. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were two pick sixes there. Uh, if Umadi hangs on to that one. He gets that into the end zone, and if Adams hangs on to that one, I, I that's pick six too. They both know what they did. Now I'd like to say my boy Puna Ford almost uh, an interception, and KJ Wright just came in and KJ got- robbed him. <laughs> a glorious moment that would have been. Oh God, I would have loved to see that. I if I could have seen big so big Puna Ford with the ball in his hands, that would have been I mean, he would have gotten it just fallen over because that's what they tell the D-linemen to do if they're not, you know, open field. God. Uh, but, geez, I just would have liked to have seen that. If I if I could have gotten that, that would have been the front picture of this episode. That would just no, – nothing else, just Puna Ford. Just Puna. Um, yeah, that. no, to, to Bennett's point, three drop picks. That one to Jamal Adams was, like, right at him. Egregious, like, yeah. and he Hit him in the chest. It. I was like, dude, they that's said, like – the one thing you're not supposed to do when catching a ball is to let it hit you in the chest, especially not with pads. I think at a ma- I think I believe at the post game interviews they were talking to him and somebody I think it might have even been Joe Fan. I, I, I might be wrong. Ah, Joe, Joe's great. <laughs> uh, 
talked about like that, that drop pick and he said, gosh, I'm bad. <laughs> he was so, he, or golly, I'm bad or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's just like, he knows, he knows it's fine. I mean, we still beat them 40 to three. It would have been cool to get a pick six. Nah, yeah, it would been pretty, pretty cool, but we got, we got a touchdown that drive anyways. So I think that's what set up the DK. If I remember correctly. Oh yeah. And then to speak on Joe fan, he asked a question um of pete carroll in the post-game presser and he goes um in what game did you feel you had this uh in what quarter did you feel you had this game won and if you get what he's getting at with pete carroll saying you can only really win the game in the fourth oh, quarter no kidding he actually asked that he asked that and it kind of flew over pete carroll's head he kind of he went i don't really know why you'd ask that and i was like damn dude oh. that's hilarious i remember he was on twitter like saying maybe he should ask that because Pete pulled Russell mm. in the fourth and everyone was like, yeah, please ask it. Please ask that. And it just went right over Pete's head. Yeah. It's like, you know, you can win these games earlier if, you know, if you really wanted to. But yeah, uh, anyway. Should we drop some MVPs before we start talking about all this questions? Yeah, we could do that. Um, for offense. I mean, you know, Russell, even even though I didn't, you know, expect anything too crazy to happen, I thought Russell, he played a good game. He played the game he needed to play. Absolutely. The uh, the pick, you know, I, I get it, I guess. You know, it's uh, – you trust DK, you know, and um, Marcus May made a good play. So, besides the interception, I mean, I thought he played – he played what he, he needed – he did what he needed to do. And, I mean, Russell's put up bad. He's, he's not – I mean, he's putting up good numbers, but he's not putting up Russell Wilson numbers. Um, mm-hmm. Because you wouldn't expect him, of all people, to put up that many uh, interceptions. Yeah, 12 this year is the most – that's, you know, that one streak he had this year, oh, no, never seen anything like it, yeah. you know, out of him at least. Oh, oh, the streak with the interceptions, yeah. I think yeah. he's got a turnover in each of the last five games. And it's, you know, not, not good. <laughs> not great. Uh, it does hurt our chances of winning usually. Didn't really mm-hmm. in this game. You can chalk that up to the Jets tanking, but – but it was it was a step. This game was a step in the right direction. Definitely you know? a step forwards. I mean, four to one TD uh, to interception radio ratio. I'll take that any day of the week. But mm. yeah, I, I think my MVP will also have to go to Russ on the offense. Um, it was just a nice, consistent performance. I think, um, man, if David Moore had that catch and ran it in for a touchdown, the one that he dropped. Oh yeah, just kind of smacked him in the hands. That could have been – he could have easily been my MVP because that would have been an amazing play. But, um, yeah, Russ for sure. And and seeing him – and obviously he had the one catch from three yards out. I mean, like we've said in past episodes, he's no – by no means is he bad, you know. And he's a great third option to have behind, behind guys like Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But, you know, just if, – if, if they're all used correctly, right, right. to have – DK and Tyler Lockett, Josh Gordon, and then David Moore. That that's just you know that could be ridiculous yeah, if it's used right. Obviously, pretty crazy that that will be an option at some point. Mm-hmm. That he is eligible next week, so we'll see uh, how that goes. But yeah, I mean, it's not like anybody on the ground or you know had a great an incredibly great game. So yeah, I'd go with Russell. Uh, on the de- defensive side, another week. I don't mean to you know necessarily. Uh, sound like a broken record, but I'm going to go with Jamal again just because he was really all over the field. Uh, five total tackles, two solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, one pass deflection, one QB hit. 
you know, I, I like to call him a disruptor because it's not like he does. he's always, you know, it's not like he's incredibly great in coverage. He's not like he's all the way in blitzing. You know, he, he can he can just be all over the field. So, you know. You know, it's interesting because you wouldn't necessarily want a jack-of-all-trades at the safety position. You want them to be a coverage specialist. You want them to be a good open-field tackler. So if, the, uh, if a running back gets in the second line, mm-hmm. the linebackers don't get him, your safety can get him. Um, and you want him to be that guy that, like, is a last line of defense between a touchdown, like a chase-down guy. Mm-hmm. But Jamal Adams, he, he kind of changes the position in a really interesting way. And I heard – the commentators made a gutsy statement saying he was the best safety in football right now. I, I don't know about right now. I don't know about that, but um, I think he has a good good position to contend for that. Um, he plays safety, unlike <laughs> technically ever. he's eligible. Yeah, technically he's eligible, but he plays that position unlike anyone else. He plays yeah. in such a weird, disruptive, off kilter way. Where if I'm a coach game planning. I have no idea where I'm going to pin him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I can say, yeah, I want my big tight end going down that scene. Yeah, and exactly because the Jets tried to do that this game work. by blocking uh, a tight end and trying to get tackles on him. But, I mean, he still had that impact, you know. So, yeah, to your point, it's it's like, shoot, what do I, what do I necessarily do with this guy? Because it, it, it feels like he's going to have some sort of impact. Um, regardless no it's just like he's one of those guys he's hard to to deal with and i think i Mm -hmm. mean that's kind of what you want on your football team i know there's so many people clowning i think i talked about this two weeks ago a little bit last time i was on the pod but there's a lot of people talking about how he's not the reason he's not a good safety is because he plays like the way he plays and i think that's a poor excuse calling him a linebacker a glorified linebacker is a poor excuse because I think the term he likes to use is blitz boy. Yeah, blitz boy. Um, he does it well. He does everything. He does everything mm-hmm. pretty well. His coverage grade could be higher, um, but I gotta say, I mean, watching him play at least these last two weeks. I know this is one of our notes, but these last two weeks have just been remarkable. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we can we can even just open with that piece. Sure. Um, so, to to go back to uh, what the commentators said, you know, late in the season last year, I was like, wow. Because, I mean, I, I, I pay attention, you know, to other teams, obviously. And I was like, wow, this guy, he's on a bad team, but he's really sort of a – he's like a game wrecker, you know, because he had – I think it was against the Giants last year. He had that one uh, forced turnover where he just – he came in on a blitz and he just – he, he literally ripped the ball out of Daniel yeah. Jones's hands. Um, and he had, I remember he had a pick six against, pick six against the Patriots late in the year. Um, and to do a degree, degree there, I think I always like to go with the versatile guys, you know? Um, so at, you know, at that point last season, I would say, yeah, he is. So when we, I saw the notification that we traded for him, I was like, Oh, S H blank T. I was like, wow. You know? And then obviously the injury, uh, to his groin, and then the shoulder really bugged him. But in recent weeks, you know, he's been playing that, as I said, that disruptor role, you know. So have we been seeing the best of him in a Seahawks uniform? I think, I don't know, I, I think it's kind of easy uh, to say that, but have we been seeing the best of him in a Seahawks uniform in these, like, recent few weeks? 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I think, yes, this is this is definitely the best we've seen him play. And I, I am skeptical to say that only because I don't want to think that this is his peak. Because mm. I think with this shoulder injury, that's what's stopping him from playing like he did last year. Mm-hmm. And I cannot preach this good gospel anymore. We need to resign him. We oh, cannot, yeah. we can't do the same thing we did with Jadavian Clowney. If we do the same thing we do with Jadavian Clowney, I will have some serious questions about the GMing of our team. Um, because we can acquire these guys, and that's great. We can we can have that win now mindset and get the ring. But if you don't get the ring, you have to you have to get these places, or you have to get these pieces in place so that next year you can build off of what you built. Then. Yeah, you got to have that core intact. Is Jadavian Clowney kind of a bust this year? Yeah, he kind of sucks this year. He did nothing and got hurt and is doing nothing, and I think he had a season-ending injury. Yep. And just nobody yeah, talked about it. Done for the year. Um, and it's funny, I just looked back at some old texts, one with you on Instagram where I was like, do you think we'll get Jamal Adams? And you were like, nah. And then one of, texting, <laughs> one of me texting Omari being like, do you think we'll get Jamal Adams? Or he said, do you think we get Jamal Adams? I said, nah. But if he goes to the Steelers, I'm not watching football this year. Because <sighs> I was thinking, God, Minka Fitzpatrick and that no, That's Adams a safety duo. Just crazy. I don't know, did both of them play free? No. I um, think Minka's free. Yeah, and Jamal Strong. That'd be yep. crazy. I don't even know who our free safety is. Quandre. Oh, yeah, I'm stupid. How dare you? I'm, I'm going to call him to right fair, now. We probably have um, the... He kind of goes under the radar, though, a little bit. We probably have the third best safety duo in the league right now. I bet it's, we're... it's annoying to me because... Uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily like using this word all the time, but casual fans always go, oh, he's not getting the, the picks or this or that. He's, you know, he's not that good. It's like, that's, I'll DBs, tell you right now. DBs don't need to do that necessarily. Yeah, you don't want to be the, if you're playing a defensive back in the NFL, you kind of want to be unknown, mm-hmm. you know, cause there's a certain, cause if you get targeted all the time and you're getting blown up all the time, everyone's going to know your name at least within the circles, because they're going to be like, throw at him. Marquise, not Marquise Blair, uh, uh, Trey Flowers. Everybody knows who Trey Flowers is. <laughs> Seattle. Um, but then there's like the other side, like Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore, where you become such a big name that they never throw to you. So then your other cornerback gets exposed. Mm-hmm. Just, they're like, hey, we're not going that way. So Quandre Diggs is a good He's a, He's not a household name. He should be. I mean, it, he, he was traded for a fifth round pick. And he's been a solid starter. I I think he leads us in interceptions anyway. He does. And Shaquille Griffin and him have like a bet about who can. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I don't think Shaq's going to catch up. But we'll see. I think Quandre only has three. So I think that's pretty, maybe four. I think that might be easy to come up on. I think Shaq has two. Um, but that's the thing. I think Quandre Diggs is one of the most consistent players in our defense. Yeah, and I, I, would, I like that word. Yep. Within the educated circles of NFL fans, if you want to do casual versus like intense. Because it's like, it's, it's like that in all sports. People are like, oh, uh, you know, just the mindset that only one facet is important. Like, yeah, oh, one stat doesn't define the yeah. position. So, and, you know, um, um, what was I going to shoot? But yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's like, oh, he doesn't have this. He's not. Why don't I hear about him? You don't need to hear about him. 
you know? And like, I think that like, if we really want to talk about a player who just doesn't fit our defense, we can talk about Quinton Dunbar. Uh, but <sighs> I think Quandre Diggs is a natural successor to someone like Cam Chancellor because, hey, outside of Cam Chancellor's huge hits and his pick six against the Panthers, you don't really talk about him that much. He's a really good coverage safety, and that's kind of what you want. Mm-hmm. Easy. I mean, he was a good man safety too, but he, he was good at what he did. So, uh, God, I wish we had him still because I'm not excited to ever play George Kittle again. But Ugh, forgot about that guy. Shoot. Because uh, I don't want Bobby on George Kittle. <laughs> and I don't that was a thing too when we traded for Jamal, all the 49ers fans. I don't know why. I think it Twitter suggests it because they'll tweet something about the Seahawks. But they'll be like, oh, Seahawks fans are really so pressed – about Kittle, they got Jamal Adams. I was like, shut up. You shut up. Yeah. I, I think Jamal Adams can – I don't know. George Kittle scary. But just to circle back, Quandre Diggs and Jamal Adams are an amazing safety duo. We yep. should count our blessings that we have those guys because the next option, I don't know, DJ Reed, I think, can play safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, in we fact, I think I was the one – year. I think I was the one who said DJ Reed will probably move out to corner, and then he did. <laughs> like four weeks ago. So there you go. But um, yeah. And Marquise Blair will come back eventually next year. <laughs> God, I love Marquise Blair. I wish he didn't get hurt. Um, but yeah, I think we're in good shape. It's just like, I think Jamal Adams won. Now I think it's not even that he's playing his best football. Honestly, I think like Quandre Dix, he's just hitting his consistency. Mm. Like, he's hitting his stride finally. Yeah, and then, oh, that's what I wanted to say is uh, to, to to not speak about, like, to not think this is a speak. I think, I don't think so, just because, you know, anytime someone is their first year in a system, you know, uh, well, a system, on a team, you know, they're still, they're not necessarily all the way comfortable, I'd say, you know, and chemistry is a big thing. Like, you know, when we brought in Quentin Dunbar and we had Shaquille and Quandre and we bought Jamal and, you know, those are all great pieces, right? But you got to give them time to play with each other so mm-hmm. they can have that chemistry. You know, they're not – you can't put a team of all-stars together um, and expect them to do great right off the bat. You know, like one – I don't remember what year of the Eagles, but they had a, a stack lineup. I think it was a year after they won the, they were in the Super Bowl. And they had a uh, oh uh, against the Patriots the first time around, and they signed a bunch of guys, and they were supposed to do the super team. Then they didn't. They suck. You know, you can't mm-hmm. expect all these guys to come in and be great together. It takes you know it takes chemistry, and I think he's a good leader. Jamal's a good leader, and he I think he's bought in. So I think I think I don't know. I don't want to put a cap on him. You know. So yeah. I, uh, I no, go ahead. You good. Uh, I was just gonna say I think he's um I think he's uh, I think he's just gonna be yeah I think he'll be that guy who's kind of like Bobby Wagner he can really step up and lead the DBs which is something we didn't really see before um in the Seahawks mm. our most senior DB I'm pretty sure is Trey Flowers um him or Shaq I think him or Shaq I think Shaq and his, I think they're both the same at a time uh, in terms mm. of time on the team not time in the league but. I mean, Quandre Diggs, to me, doesn't scream leader. Um, he seems more like a quiet guy. Quiet, head-down worker. He's mm-hmm. hilarious on Twitter. That's my one. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. Um, oh. But, like, for the linebackers, you got 
Bobby Wagner. For the D-line, I mean, you kind of also have Bobby Wagner because he's kind of the com- commandant of that area. Um, and you, you have Bruce Irvin until he got injured for the line. Um, mm-hmm. And you have, like, Jaron Reed, who I keep forgetting is on our team, and uh, guys like that. But in the backfield, they're the the uh, the DB area. I guess the you back end. The back end, sure. Um, you don't have anybody really to be a huge leader. Shaq can be a leader. I'm sure he will be at some point. Um, yeah. But- no. When I think about that DB room, Jamal is kind of the one guy that I'm like, hey, yeah, you know, because yeah, I don't know. I'm sure Shaq could be, but I think Jamal kind of is far and away the leader of that room. And I just I'm. I'm pleased that they're finally playing up to their talent, all of them. Um, even, hey, even Trey Flowers. <laughs> I mean, he's been better at decent weeks. I, I want to be a Trey Flowers believer just because I met the guy. I think um, I'm like slowly – I'm not becoming a believer because he didn't, he didn't play this week. We saw Reed. Um, yep. He's – I think I think he's on IR right now. I think this is yeah, like second week on IR. Um, but he played – pretty pretty well against oh boy the uh the eagles yep um and i it sucks to have lost him but dj reed don't get me wrong dj reeds oh yeah he's done what a great a, job yeah, filling holy in. moly what he's, a, been, he's been a pretty good pickup for a guy that was picked up off waivers from the 49ers who didn't want him crazy that you can fleece somebody without even trading with them yeah <laughs> It's like someone, you know, it's like you went into Goodwill and you found $100 in, like, a book. It's like, oh, wow, look at this. <laughs> Shouldn't have thrown that away, huh? Um, but. Oh, well, let's let's move into the defense since we're talking about defense here. What a- I think you kind of speak to, spoke on it, too. Obviously, you played the Jets, mm-hmm. all right? And, you know, you got to think about the competition here. Um, but do you, do you think the defense is turning it around here because, you know, Obviously, what we've seen, and since the uh, Bills game, they they haven't allowed more than knock on wood, they haven't allowed more than thirty points. Um, and the defense has only has allowed an average of fourteen point five points over the last four games, the fourth fewest in that span. You know, and uh, hopefully you get guys healthy. Um, I will speak on it a little bit later, but uh, you know you're going to get some guys back here in recent in in uh, future weeks. But you know, do you, do you think things are turning around here? as we sort of get into the final stretch of this regular season. Yeah, I feel like they are because there are actually some tricky wide receivers on some of the teams we've played recently. Um, after that bills game, of course, D hop, uh, who Trey flowers actually did a pretty marvelous job against, against all odds. Um, held them to what, like 50 yards and no touchdowns. That's pretty darn good. It was pretty quiet in that Thursday night game. Yeah. Um, Trey Flowers and uh, the the safeties did a good job of that. Um, and then you look at Shaq covering uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who was only held to 62 yards. We talked about this last game, or that episode, uh, 104 yards, or 114 yards between those two, when either one is liable to make 114 yards on their own. Yeah, that, that that's kind of a win, is <laughs> That's a win for me. And we gave up 21 points, which has been the most points since the Bills game. Um, we did let Kyler Murray throw for 270. Not a huge deal in my mind because they didn't win. So at the end of the day, whatever. Um, but you look at like the Eagles game, 
you weren't playing the best receivers, but you mm. were playing a quarterback that has experience. Terrible quarterback, but a quarterback has some experience. That's always something to be interested in. Yeah, any vet really well, has some level of difficulty, I guess, you know? Yeah, because they have the experience. They know, especially Wentz, who knows our system. Um, oh, yeah. He's got some familiarity there. But then you look at their running back core, Boston Scott and Miles Sanders. They're not terrible running backs, and we held them to, I think, like 23 yards. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and then the next week we look at the Giants. Um, Ugh. We gave up 17 points, which should have been enough to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the first half looked really good. It was just really that third quarter when Wayne Gallman just – that's his name. I think I forgot it last week. He just sort of let it rip. Yeah, and, and I think he ended up with over 100 running yards. Oh, yeah, like 140, which is his career high, and I don't think he's ever had a 100-yard game until us. Yeah, so. Well, I mean, because he's behind Saquon. Um, yeah. Well, Saquon's healthy. So, I don't know. I think we uh, we look at this team recently, and I think the defense – and then, of course, the Jets game where they – I mean, it is the Jets, and the Jets are bad, and the Jets are purposefully bad, in my opinion. Yes, I'm one of those conspiracy theorists who think they're doing it on purpose. Um, I think it's pretty plain to see. But we've also seen the Jets put up, like, 34 points against the Raiders. Uh, I guess 28 points. Um so, yeah, I, I'm happy with what our defense is doing recently. I hope they're turning it around, and I think tomorrow – not tomorrow uh, – next week's game against the Washington football. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired, Chuck. You have no idea. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> the, the game against the Washington football team should prove if they're good or not because for whatever reason, they're a top-10 scoring team all of a sudden. They are? Uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> within the last four weeks, their top 10 scoring team. Uh, and hey, even though Alex Smith is a little bit of a bionic man right now, he has that veteran flair that we should look out for. Um, his interception ratio isn't that great, four to six. Um, but Gibson is good, and Terry McLaurin is good. Mm-hmm. So, like, both of these things are things that we should be looking out for because that game it could be an issue. <laughs> like, it could definitely... I could see that going the wrong way. Um, So I think our defense needs to stay sturdy against the football team. I don't think it'll be as big as a test as uh, the next week will be against the um, uh, the Rams. Uh, but I think it'll be a good show that, that they're ready to continue this level of production on defense. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if we want to look ahead all the way to week 16, um, I think the keys to that game will be shutting down the run game, which we didn't do. Um, we played the Rams in week 10, I think. Oh, wait, yeah, we super did. Uh, the passing game, pardon me. Because Jared Goff is not that great, and we made him look like an MVP caliber quarterback. I think he threw for, like, over 300 maybe uh so that's what we should look forward to the 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 secondary holding up against the rams actually surprisingly tricky um wide receiver core Uh, well they do have a good core i mean robert woods has been in the league for a bit cooper cup is good Hmm. he's he's, uh uh, there's a word i'm looking for but yeah he's good 
Um, and then am I I'm missing somebody else? You're missing uh the 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 the, 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 the brown. Huh? No, no, that's the white. That's, that's a running. <laughs> Who's the guy they just got? <laughs> I don't have no idea. Uh, Josh he, Reynolds. Oh yeah, he's 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 there too. But you know he, when we played the Rams, they did a ri- and and to two. Cooks? No, he's with the uh, Texans. Oh God! Because he was with them, I think, last year or so. Um, so that's what I was thinking of when you were like, "There's one more guy." Like, isn't Brandon? Cooks? But they've got Gerald Everett at tight end, and they seem to him uh, Everett and Higby. Who, yeah, Higby too. Higby, you know. who I have feelings on. Um, and not, oh wait, he's a bad guy, isn't he? He's a terrible human being, just mm. absolutely abhorrent. And if you're listening, Tyler, good. I hope you know. <sighs> um. Sean McVay always seems to be prepared for what we have, even in the games that we've... He's so good. He's such a good coach. Even in the games we won against him, it was like... It's so funny because Sean McVay is the antithesis of Pete Carroll. Mm. Like the new age coach. (laughs) It's like like if you took Pete Carroll and stuck him in a time machine. Yeah, exactly. If Pete Carroll was new on the scene in, in the 2010s, this is what he'd coach like. Um, cause he's a, he's a pretty, pretty bang up coordinator on both sides of the ball. And he's a good head coach. Um, but yeah, I think the defense should be turning a corner. That's my final answer. I, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say they're like playing, you know, on all cylinders, but I feel like, uh, it's important to be clicking heading into this stretch of the season. Yeah. Um, and this is, I, I feel like on both sides of the ball, this is a confidence booster. Uh, he's like, all right, you know, we had a rough week last week. Uh, you just go out there and, you know, lather it on on these guys. Um, and just kind of feel like, hey, you know, we're, we're better than what we've been playing like, you know. So um, offense. What will the offense look like heading into these final three games? Because, you know, obviously Russell got back to – sort of normal Russell things with four touchdowns and uh, made better decisions. And obviously with that one interception, he, he, he wasn't necessarily as gun shy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I um, also wouldn't exactly put that interception in Russ's hands. either. Mm-hmm. Um, really anybody on the Seahawks. That was just a really good play. <laughs> Cause there, there's a, there's a couple of things to consider here. You're playing against Washington these next two weeks. I don't necessarily know how good the, uh, 49ers D-line is right now. But these next two weeks, you're playing against a a a line, an incredible front four of this Washington football team uh, that, you know, they showed what they can do. Chase Young is incredible. He's a grown man already, and he's a rookie. Um, and they've got guys like Jonathan Allen, uh, Matthew Ioannidis. Oh, shoot. I think Mason Foster's on that team still. They, they've got a good front four is the point. Uh, and then the Rams, and we we know about the Rams and Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and Dante Fowler. Yeah, ooh, spooky. Um, and then on our side of the field, uh, Josh Gordon, well, he has like a potential to come back against the Rams. There, uh, do we do we see more of this balanced attack just to sort of offset these defenses that we're going to see here? Because obviously. Who I forgot to mention, the Rams have Jalen Ramsey. Um, 
so I mean, I don't know. Do we see Russell kind of get back to mid uh, early season, or is we're just going to continue to see this balance? Well, I think there is a way to strike. Okay, so it's like a, a kilogram of feathers versus a kilogram of steel. Yeah, mm. like they're they're equally weighted, but like the amount might be different. So I think you might have to stick to the running game or stick to the passing game the way you did these first four weeks where Russell's having this amazing air raid attack, almost looking like a, like a wazoo football team throwing like that every down. Um, but we have to be a little more efficient than wazoo. We can't look like we're playing at the apple cup every week. Because <laughs> sometimes it get it feels a little forced, right? It feels like Schottenheimer knows he wants Russell to pass. So he draws up these plays that are extremely obvious where Russell's going to pass it. And mm. that in turn knocks Russell's confidence down. I think I was wrong. I made a hot take that I said that the defense was why Russell was starting to flail in games. I think I was wrong. I'll admit that because we saw the Giants game where the defense played close to flawlessly for for three quarters, that third quarter, of course, being the one they kind of screwed up on. Um, we saw Russell kind of play like trash. He just had the stupidest decisions. He just made dumb moves the entire game. Played gun-shy, and then once he started to play gun-shy, Schoenheimer completely abandoned the pass, and that's what happens. You end up with a dumb-looking team that can't run or pass. Um, so I think moving forwards, we have to establish both games, passing and running, early on. Pardon my stuffiness. Bad allergy day. Um, but you have to establish both of those games early on, but I think you should kilter towards that passing game because the running game, I think you can establish the running game in less place, in my opinion. Mm. Chris Carson is a scary rush running back. Uh, because he can do things like he did against, I think it was the Cardinals, where he can get hit by four guys in the backfield and then kind of stumble. Into the <laughs> and it's just like, he's a scary running back to play against. And you you know, it, despite him not being a top 10 rusher, you have him marked as somebody to look out for no matter when mm-hmm. you're playing. So when you establish him, you get it in their heads that he's going to play a, a role in this offense. And then all of a sudden, you're hitting them with these play actions, which we do not use enough of. Uh, I think we actually we used a good balanced amount of play actions against the Jets. Uh, that Giants game was lacking. Um, but you start to set up play actions when you use Chris Carson effectively. Uh, so I think it's complimentary football. I know I say that a lot, and I'm usually talking about defense and offense. But this time I'm talking about you got to make sure the running complements the passing. Mm-hmm. And the way to do that is to establish Chris Carson early. I think establishing the run early is actually a smart idea. But then start to kilter towards the passing identity. And um, I think that'll help contain guys like Chase Young, who is the Mm -hmm. scariest mother fudger in the league right now, in my opinion. What he did to the, uh, oh God, who they play this week? 49ers. Yeah, what he did, oh my God, what he did to the 49ers should be considered like manslaughter or something. (laughs) That was crazy. Uh, pick six, a fumble recovery. It's just, whew, the dude like did it all that week. That's crazy. Um, to the point where like the def- the offense barely had to work. Um, forced fumble. I didn't. He didn't have a fumble recovery. He forced the fumble. But um, my goodness, how do you? Oh, it was a 
he didn't get a pick six. He got a forced fumble for six. A million, like two pass deflections from DN, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And uh, a sack. So, hey, what the heck? And then uh, Curl got the, uh, I almost called him Kelly Curl. That's not his name. Cameron Curl got the uh, pick six. Oh, I was like, wait a minute. Kelly Curl. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but you're playing against a guy like Chase Young. If you can establish the run early, that contains him, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then something that they kind of did this week that I think you're going to need to continue is the short passes and the quick passes. Oh, absolutely. Wear the guy out. Uh, Tyler Lockett would be good for that. Um, Carlos Hyde is a good passing back. Um, well, and then too, I was going to say something that I don't give uh, Chris enough credit for is he, he has, he can, he can catch the, well, there yeah. are some times where he drops the ball and I'm like, what the fuck, man? But he, <laughs> he, he can, he's, uh, he's made some good plays in the uh, passing game. So when he when he's hot, he's hot, and when he's not, he's not. He's not. <laughs> I trust Carlos Hyde a little more with the passing situation. Um, we mm. should the next week. Let's not use a screen once. I know you might want to use a screen against a blitz heavy team because I mean, obviously, it works most of the time. The Seahawks are a terrible screen team. I don't know why we can never get it together and make it work. I think last year DK had a couple of good wide receiver screens and that maybe started to entice us to use it more this season. Um, unless I'm wrong, I don't think I've seen it work very well. I think there was the one against Arizona that would have won the game in overtime, but uh, I think David Moore had a holding call. Yeah. Yeah. And that, <clears throat> when you draw it up for Metcalf, I'm actually okay with it. But when you draw it up for Carson, I, I just, the timing always seems a little off with me. Also, for next week, let's never run a stretch play because if you want a stretch play, <sighs> you're going to probably run right into freaking Chase Young, and that won't be fun. <laughs> I don't trust Carson to hold on to that. He'll just get decked and fall over and lose the ball. He, yeah, I can't, I can't stress enough that Chase Young terrifies me next week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, DeAndre Hopkins terrified me against the Cardinals. I was sure as heck that we were going to lose that game. Uh, and we kept him in check, and we won. But if we can keep Chase Young in check, I think we win that football game no matter what. The rest of the D-line is good, but the rest of our O-line has actually been playing pretty well. This does hinge on Brandon Shell. Yeah, because um, I'll I'll mention in a minute, but uh, pretty important to have your starting right tackle in, who's a guy who's been playing pretty well all season. Um. Okay, I didn't mention it in the very beginning, but uh, it is DK's birthday today. Do you have a favorite DK moment to this point? Yes. Um, his peace sign to the Eagles when we beat them in the playoffs. <laughs> Love that. Um, that was just such a – It was to me, that's up there with Dame Lillard's uh, waving goodbye to the uh, Thunder. That was just such a – Rockets? No, Thunder. That was just such a cool moment. I love it when people do sports walk-offs and look really cocky while they do it, <laughs> uh, especially when it's a team that I'm rooting for. <laughs> it, it, it was kind of reminiscent of Jermaine Curse's touchdown in the, against the Packers to get us to the Super Bowl, uh, just because I was like, oh, Russell, what are you doing? <sighs> and Put the ball up. <laughs> he came down with it. I was like, oh, no way. Uh, but with DK, I was a lot more secure because DK is a way different wide receiver than Jermaine Curse. Yeah. Um, 
that that is probably my favorite DK Metcalf moment. It is just it had so much swagger to it. It was a great, really well drawn up play, and he he climbed the ladder to get up there to catch. Oh it. yeah, I remember he kind of like I think he jumped and he, he jumped. Uh, full body good. was in the air. Um, so you know he's uh, it's incredible to think <laughs> that it's his second year. Right, it feels like he's been with us for like twelve years. <laughs> and I think we were talking about it before the before this. Just uh, you know, people want to get upset about the Megatron stuff, and I get it. You know, obviously Megatron had different quarterbacks to deal with, and an organization that didn't treat him right whatsoever. But you know, it's I don't know. I, I always get bothered by people who just complain too much. So you know, I'm just gonna let him be him and. Uh, just happy that we've got him and he's like the, I think he's, I don't know if we've ever had anybody. I don't think the Seahawks have ever had a, a wide receiver like him in terms of uh, size. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's always kind of been guys like, Oh yeah, we're kind of short, but we can make plays. Woo. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with Steve Largent and Doug Baldwin um, and Brian blades and guys like that. Perfectly fine. Uh, Jojo Ravicious, Daryl Jackson, but uh, it's I think I don't know if he'll go down in the, in the history as the greatest Seahawks wide receiver. Probably you know kind of hard to beat Steve Largent, but uh, I think he'll definitely be in the top two, three there. I don't know, man. I I'm telling you right now, I think he's in his second year. He's proving pretty strong for that case. I know Steve Largent's a Hall of Famer, and I mean, but he's playing in such a different era where it's hard to it's hard to compare him you know to mm. anybody um that we've had ever outside of the largent era uh because if you think about the dominant seahawks receivers uh for at least our generation i'm talking 2010 onwards really the biggest name we had is doug baldwin mm-hmm. maybe sydney rice uh not a huge oh, sydney rice um, Sidney Rice, early retirement, Saki, very sad, mm-hmm. um, but understandable, of course. But DK Metcalf's already got like 17 touchdowns through two years. Uh, I think Doug Baldwin probably ended with about 45 or so, not even. Yeah, 50. Um, in two years, yeah, it's it's crazy. He's an astronomical wide receiver. I think he might end up being the greatest Seahawks receiver. I mean, um, him and T-Lock are already... I mean, my, probably my favorite players I've seen play. I love Tyler Lockett so much, but this, <laughs> this is his big day. Uh, how do you think? What was your What's your favorite DK Metcalf memory? Was it Was it his signature celebration uh, one day ago? No. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about it, you know, and uh, the moment I really started to think about him uh, was the the Buccaneers game when it caught. I think it was just some over the middle, and he just. Uh, he ran past everybody in that Buccaneers game that was really high scoring. Uh, kind of interesting to see that. Uh, oh no, they had Jameis Winston. That's why. Um, but I was just like, whoa, this guy is tall as expletive and he's fast. I was like, wow. Yeah. So being there for that, I was like, okay, this kind of, you know, and then getting to meet him in uh, February was pretty cool. But um, that, that kind of was like, okay, this guy, you know, because you, you hear all the things coming out of the drought. Oh, he can't run a three-cone drill. Like, shut up, you know? Or, or the worries about the neck. Obviously, it makes sense because, you know, you don't want to mess with the neck. But, 
he's he's just been from day one he's been a guy that comes and he works you know he's he's got a good humorous side to him but it, you know he he works and he obviously there's the whole diva wide receiver thing i haven't really seen that no oh, absolutely not him and not tyler i think we're blessed to have those guys because they're so humble and then also, i mean go ahead no i'm just gonna say yeah he he comes in and he works and obviously he has his fun here and there but uh he's got a great relationship with russell and i think you know he's gonna he's gonna have to get paid here at some point he's gonna get paid yeah, um they don't give a guy but yeah no he's uh I, yeah i'd say we were blessed he i mean like okay first thing i like that he has swagger i like that he put up that peace sign i like that he did that he hates the eagles i don't know why he hates the eagles i think it's because the eagles um jjr sega white side over him yeah i think the eagles must have said they like tried to talk to him about getting him and then they never did and then they got our sega white side who is <laughs> busts of all time i don't even I'm like what the hell um to like rick myer uh oh. Oh, that name. It just, it's just absolutely wild to me that they got Arsenal Whiteside over DK Metcalf. Um, but he's like he's like that man on the mission. He's trying to show all other 31 teams that they should have gotten him. Uh, while at the same time, he's in love with Seattle, and that's awesome. So I love that he has swagger. I love that he plays a chip on his shoulder. Very Doug Baldwin-esque in that way, except he takes it a step further and he's friends with Russell, uh, Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. And um, I, oh like, my, my second favorite thing about him, I just hope that we keep him because he can genuinely become a guy that's like held in the same regard, at least locally, and I think he should become nationally. And you, you already see it with his media coverage. Um Widely regarded like Calvin Johnson, like uh, Fitz, and mm. um, someone like Julio Jones, people who stayed with their team pretty much their entire career. Uh, Jerry Rice, who kind of almost did, but he, he had a weird out. few last years. He had a weird couple last years, don't know what he was doing. That's holding on to your... Uh, well, he did have some interesting... I don't know what his stats were with us, but he... He, he had some interesting plays with us. Seahawks yeah. legend. Seahawks, Seahawks legend Jerry Rice. Um, I think he was. I think we were the last team he played with. Yeah. Also, Seahawks legend uh, Devin Hester. Who could forget? Yes. Um. But you got you can you can see him starting to become a community favorite like those guys did, and then you can see him like slowly becoming a household name as well. Even if he's an antagonist. In fact, I don't mind him being an antagonist. Uh, I think I mentioned before we recorded, I hate Clay- Chase Claypool. Mm. And Steelers fans probably love that I hate Chase Claypool, which is funny because I'm like enamored by Juju Smith-Schuster. I love that dude. Uh, Claypool's just a little more show-off than Juju is, which is wild because I didn't think that was possible. Um, But this guy, DK Metcalf, comes into town He's young, he's good, he's fast, and I just, I love that he's on our team, and I can see him becoming a hometown hero, even though he's not from here. Um, I can see him becoming a legendary player for a CL sports team with the likes of Steve Largent, and the likes of Beast Mode, and the likes of uh, Ken Griffey Jr., even, if he plays here long enough and does well enough for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's, like, on the way to doing that already. 
Um, we've not had somebody who started here, started in Seattle and had a crazy rocket stardom like he has. Even Russell Wilson, I'd say. Yeah, I Russell, think Russell even took a, a little bit uh, to get where he's at, you know. Exactly. Because, I mean, he had that first year on the bench-ish. Not really. Well, he started. <laughs> he started. He started, uh, preseason started. Um, first year with, with like, that other dude right behind his tail the entire year. Well. A lot of expectations. Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn. Terrible. Terrible uh, He ended up backing up, I think, Aaron Rodgers for a couple of years. Um, well, yeah, he, he did that, and then he came here. And then he went back to Green Bay. Yeah. So it yeah. was uh, – that was really interesting to just see that. And, of course, Russell, I mean, in his second year, did something pretty big. Um, hey, you know, Super you Bowls know. are okay, yeah. I guess. Whatever. Uh, but, of course, he was overshadowed by Legion of Boom. And then yep. he had a, a couple good years in a row. And then finally 2015 is when I think we started to see him burst into the mainstream – but like to see DK go from a second round pick that people were kind of writing off into this astronomical rise into superstar wide receiver leading the league in reception yards up to this week. Um, yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Travis Kelsey bombed. Ridiculous. Um, that's because Travis Kelsey is the best freaking tight end in the league. Um, give him a couple more years, he'll be better than Gronk at the end of his career. Don't at me. Um, actually, at me. Um, anyone <laughs> i love travis kelsey i love the chiefs um but anyways i think that he could end up being somebody and we haven't seen that i guess since like ichiro i guess would be the last one maybe uh-huh. ken griffey i don't know actually why am i yeah no ichiro would have been more recent can you think of anybody who like started here and has grown to like such fame and like stayed here for majority here. of their um i guess felix but he left. Well, I mean, Brianna Stewart was drafted here, and shes I don't think she's ever really had a bad year except for tearing an ACL, but then coming back and winning, <laughs> winning finals MVP and probably should have won MVP. I'm just biased. But, I mean, I can't – like, started here? Not necessarily. There's been a couple people who've gone through here who have been – Because I, I want to say Marshall, but Marshall started off in Buffalo, and then we got him. You know, so not not necessarily him, but isn't know. it whack also that we have like two guys in Seattle right now that are like that? We got Metcalf and Kalu. Oh, <laughs> don't get me started on Kyle Lewis. I'll talk for hours. Um, but no, yeah. So those two guys just uh, it's it's really cool to be here right now. Obviously, people will complain to me about not making the playoffs for that team, but you know, regardless. Um, let's get back on track here. Absolutely. Uh, I think. I think. I think every game in these final three games is a must win now, just considering the Rams have been, I don't, I don't know if the Rams are going to waver. I really don't uh, just because as we talked about with Sean McVay, they, they're a well-coached team. The, I still have the hot take that they're not that great of a football team. I think they just have a fantastic coach. Yeah, no. And even Jared Goff, <laughs> as they call him Jared Goof. Um, <laughs> I think he just, he gets put in good positions. He gets good and put good positions, and they use their they, – they play really well to their strengths. They get their, their playmakers the ball. They get Robert Woods and Cooper Cup the ball, and they've got some solid backs and Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson. Um, and their defense is 
they've they've done a great job of building their defense, you know, and they've got good coaching. So they the the coaches do a lot there. Um, I, this is predictions, and I don't do predictions. I was going to ask you and Omari, but obviously we only have one of you. Yeah. Uh, do you think we'll be able to take back first in the West by the end of the regular season? All head news on week six. We uh, all, whoop, let me try that again. That was going to be a really good soundbite. <laughs> all hinges on week six. Why can't I say week 16? Oh. All hinges on week 16. There we go. Yep. Felt like, uh, felt like Joe Biden. I could not get those words out. Oh, I, I think I heard about that today. Um, just like this week, next week is important, but I have faith that we'll win, actually, for once. I'm usually a pretty big downer about Seahawks playing defensive teams, but I think we actually have a pretty decent chance at beating the um, – Beating them, and I think we can actually beat them pretty convincingly because we can stall their offense because I think if we shut down the running game, Alex Smith is okay, but he's not going to he's not gonna tear up our defense. Well, and then that's the thing is I've seen that he, he had to come out of that game against the 49ers. Yeah, he might be in doubt. So it might be uh, Dwayne Haskins' time again. Uh, and if it's Dwayne Haskins' time, that even pumps up my confidence even more. Um, so that's, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, that game – I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that game against uh, the Rams did get moved. It's not really a big uh, move, but it got moved from 105 on CBS to 125 on Fox. So that I don't know what the game is on Sunday night for that, but that could be a flex because that really could be the NFC West title right there. Yeah, um, and that happened last year with the Niners, if I remember yeah, correctly. And that was in week 17, and they flexed that. So um, we could be looking at another flex, but, you know. And looking at it, I bet it's going to be a flex chuck because let me tell you what, that's the Dolphins and the Raiders. <laughs> oh. And let me, I mean, the Dolphins will be playing for a playoff spot at that point. But the but... Raiders, they kind of took a hit with their uh, their loss to uh, Old Man Rivers and the Colts. So Yeah, and this, uh, the, the NFC West is probably the most popular league in the, in the, in the NFL right now. Just yeah, like... us, us and, uh, I'd almost say, us and the AFC North. Yeah, AFC North with the Steelers and the Browns and the and the Ravens is pretty pretty. Damn Ravens, not not as competitive as this league, but I would no. say. They're but they're, I, th- I think they're second. Yeah, you know. they're in the AFC. Um, NFC South maybe they have a pretty big market with the with the Saints, the Bucks right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the I think the Panthers are a year or two off. Really, I think they've got some good pieces there. Yeah, they need a better quarterback. <laughs> and they need uh, Christian McCaffrey to stay healthy. Yeah, so we'll get into our probably uh, second, well, least favorite, second least favorite uh, segment here of our lovely Seattle Seahawks uh, injuries. Uh, we have some good news, though, actually, in this segment. Uh, Brennan Shell may not be active. For, well, <laughs> he may not be active for next week's game, but um, he did tell Pete Carroll that the condition of his ankle is not any worse than it was a week ago uh, when he did not play against the Giants. Uh, which is a favorable sign for him to play against Washington. And as Bennett said, uh, the spooky boogeyman, Chase Young, will be uh, probably playing against uh, whoever we have at right tackle uh, or taking advantage of whoever will be there. Uh, Brendan Shell doesn't. It'd be Cedric Ogbwehi or Cody Wheeler. Uh, Chad Wheeler. I always say Cody. Um, but it will be a weekend call to see if he plays, so it will be most likely a, uh, a Saturday night or a Friday night thing to see uh, if we get Brandon Shell, uh, and again, um, two guys who are going to be practicing to play this Sunday will be Rashad Penny and Quentin Dunbar. 
Quinn Dunbar, uh, Bennett's second favorite cornerback. Um, <laughs> the same can be said for Carlos Dunlap, but they will see how the week goes as an injury can be debilitating when it flares up. So really interesting to see Penny uh, could be coming back. We could get some big offensive pieces here in uh, Josh Gordon and Rashad Penny, but you know, got to get through the week of practice first. Somebody that I did not expect to see on the injury list playing, uh, well, on the uh, to be playing this week, uh, practicing is Greg Olson. Greg Olson is challenging. To what practice. the hell? Yeah. So I, uh, I, I'm pardon my language, but that is wild, dude. He's challenging in quotes is what Peter Carroll says. Uh, so they're not sure if he will be able to yet to practice this week, but he's close, which is really interesting. Uh, it's, it's it's crazy. So to get the depth back, you know, it, it people I, I see people hindering on him just because he didn't make a big of an impact. But I don't know. We really don't really – we're not a tight end heavy pass attack here. So, you know, it, it would be good to have him back. I, I think it would be. Uh, and then Demontre Moore, who's not necessarily injury-related, uh, is back from a six-game suspension for PEDs. Bad, bad. Not, not, naughty, naughty. Uh, and he is eligible to play. He has a roster exception. So he's he's on the roster right now. And he's eligible to play immediately. So I, I like how I talked down the injury list, the injury news section, and then we had all good news coming out of it. I will uh, say, though, that I think the biggest thing, the biggest piece that we get back is Dunlap uh, out of all those guys you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, Dunlap played really well in the last weeks before he got, you know. Uh, I'm glad we rested him. If we didn't, we'd be in worse shape. I kind of wish we rested Shell instead of – I think he played, what, 40% of the snaps this week? I think so, yeah. Uh, we shouldn't have done that. We should have just – I mean, who's playing at right end for the Giants? I uh, Oh, the Giants or the Jets? The Jets, pardon me. Uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, so it's like, whatever. Rest him for Washington because you know well, – I shouldn't rest him for Washington and rest him for the Rams because the Rams have a good front four too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I, I would have liked to seen him rest, and I hope he's okay by next week. And so, but the only reason I'm shading uh, Dunlap a little higher than him in terms of importance, I really want Dunlap to stay hot. And there nothing nothing throws water on a hot streak than an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, I, I I hope he stays hot. I hope he keeps up that momentum when he comes back, and I hope he plays hungry. Speaking of playing hungry. Um, Snacks. I know this is the injury segment, but Snacks played phenomenal. Yeah, he played a good game too. Um, he was almost my MVP because I mean, five assisted tackles and uh, forced fumble, pretty good. Um, and uh, just I, I think that getting Dunlap back helps Snacks play well. Help helps the rest of the line play well. And I think um, I have Washington circled as a game that uh, our defense can really find a foothold within our front four and hopefully kind of see some of the younger guys get reps again. I love seeing Shaq out there, or Shaquem, uh, Shaquem out there and Ben Burkerman, um getting some playing time. It was interesting because he was high on the uh, tackle list. He had five tackles. I didn't notice that. <laughs> Who? Ben Burkerman. He had five oh, tackles. Yeah, three, three solo, two assist, um, if I recall. Did he have five solo? There's no way. I think that's what ESPN said, but ESPN might not be always correct. I think he might have had three and two. Um, um, and then, yeah, uh, to your point, it's uh, especially heading into playoffs and with the way the injuries go, it's always kind of important to get young guys out there to get them just, you know, 
get them ready for whenever their time may come. Um, ooh, and yeah, Dunlap, uh, like you said, I mean, he's been playing ever since we got him. I don't really think outside of being on a pitch count against the snap count, technically uh, against the giants. And then not playing that, you know, you want to, you want to get him back into the fold. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, with the way that this defense is playing and if, uh, if we see Dwayne Haskins, it might not be that big of a knock on what uh, might not be that big of a deal, but um, definitely need him for that Rams game. We'll definitely need him for that Rams game. Absolutely. Um, and team notes and other things, uh, Jamal Adams, I didn't speak on it earlier because I wanted to wait, uh, broke the NFL record for most sacks in the season by defensive back with 8.5 and counting. Obviously, he missed the four games, and we've got three to go. Broke Adrian Wilson's record of eight. Um, and uh, Blitz Boy, yay. Yeah, I, uh, I know you don't like predictions. I'm, I'm looking at 10. I can see that. Looking at ten, one and a half more sacks. I'd yeah, you're gonna write these things down because I forget this. We'll, we'll, we'll we can look back. <laughs> Put that in my my notes app. Continue. Um, team signed. Oh, you're gonna like this one. The team signed former seventh round selection Alex Magoo to their practice squad. Yes. More than likely as a uh, another quarantine quarterback after what happened with the Denver Broncos a few weeks back, having to have a wide receiver play quarterback with like a forty minutes, no, like a few hours notice. Um, Rashad Penny was activated off the PUP list, uh, and Quinn Dunbar were activated off of IR. Obviously, that's, you know, uh, already spoke on that a little bit. Uh, Rashad Penny could return sooner rather than later as he had a very, very positive recovery. What, what, what do you think, what kind of impact will the Penny man play in this offense, do you think? Because obviously right now we've got Carson, Hyde, and Dallas, I think, is the third man there. But you've kind of already got the two reliable options um, in Carson and Hyde. So, you know, what kind of logjam are we going to deal with here? And do you think uh, Hyde makes a really big impact on the way this offense has been playing? Um, yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, I just um, – because we have Carlos Hyde, we have – uh, uh, God, Car- Chris Carson. How did I forget our starting running back's name? Um, I just think that I think we should be careful with him because, in a lot of ways, he might be the future of our team. We won't know till the off season. Um, but we have to kind of treat him as some precious cargo mm-hmm. so he doesn't, you know, re-injure his injury, you know, or or hurt his other leg. Um. I think that it just needs to be a careful easing back in. I think Washington, not a great team to to do that against. Because, God, I'd hate to see him go out there and just get murdered by Chase Young. Uh, That'd be not fun. Or Ryan Kerrigan. Is he playing? Yep. Must be. Because I haven't heard any injury news on him. But um, I think he will play a tertiary role, much like what we saw Travis Homer play at the beginning of the season, kind of a, maybe a passing back, maybe a third down back here and there. Um, Rashad Penny is a speed back. Um, so I think a stretch run with him wouldn't be the worst here and there. I think when you want to have a running back in space, he's not the worst. So it, it's easing him back into the game and letting him play to his strengths, but only when you know 
he won't like be injured. I guess there's no real way to know that, but uh, you got to play him conservatively as he eases his way back in. I think Pete Carroll knows that better than anyone else. Um, and I think he will do that because he cares about his guys. He doesn't want to see him get hurt. Um, so I, I guess I'm just, I'm excited to have him back because it is good to have that depth. We saw when Carlos Hyde and Chris Carson were injured, we were stuck with Travis Homer and that was a disaster. What game was that, by the way? I can't remember. We had that for like Buffalo and the Rams. We had DJ Dallas and, oh boy. Yeah, that's another thing. Alex Collins. The Rams game, I'm not actually too concerned about anymore because we have our running backs back. And that's part of the reason Russell threw three picks is because they kind of knew we were going to be passing a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think with Rashad back, if suddenly Chris Carson were to go out again in the playoffs, we have somebody to lean on other than Carlos Hyde. Um, So as for right now, to answer your question fully, um, I don't think it'll have a huge impact. I think it'll be pretty small. I think we'll see a tertiary roll out of him. Uh, but as the season goes on, if anything were to go awry, it's good to have him back. I, I trust him way more than I trust Dallas mm. or uh, Homer or, uh, I don't know, we have two other running backs for like on the IR, so it doesn't really matter. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see where he goes and how he how he can contribute. I don't see him doing a lot, but I see him – at least doing something. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I don't know. I think, I think I'd give him, I mean, sure. It'd be great to have him practicing. Um, it's great to have him practicing and, you know, eligible for Washington. That's great. But I'd wait till uh, LA. I'd wait till LA just cause it'd be, it'd be great to just like sort of shelve him until uh, playoffs or whatever, but you kind of want to get him on their feet a little bit, you know, so uh, I don't know. I just I had to wait till Washington to get him out there. Um, Alex Magoo. Oh, Shaquille Griffin against the Giants. He said that the team took them lightly and mm. underestimated them. That's you know that kind of annoys me because any given Sunday. I mean, as we've seen time and time again, uh, just to take anybody lightly is annoying, and I don't think championship football teams do that. So you know, uh, kind of annoying to see that. Um, but at least he was honest about it, I guess. Um, award, something that mm, I don't really speak about with the Seahawks necessarily. Uh, quarterback Russell Wilson was nominated by the team for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award for his extraordinary community service efforts off of the field. And we'll hear that, um, I think, the night before the Super Bowl is the announcements for the awards. So that'll be going out uh, later. Uh, Russell was just whoever the team nominated. And, uh, you know, Russell – He's always been a guy that does the community work. I mean, you see him at Children's, I think, every Tuesday. Uh, I could be wrong. But he's just always been a guy that does that. And it's it would be great to see him recognized. But any one of the guys uh, in the league that got nominated, they all do great work. Uh, so, yeah. Um, offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer emerged as a strong candidate for the Houston head coaching position. Do you think he goes anywhere? Um, I actually wouldn't like to see him go. No, I would not either. Because, hey, all memes aside, and like all goofing aside, um, he's a good offensive coordinator, at least this year and last year, I'd say. Um, his first two years here were pretty shaky. I didn't really enjoy them. I thought they were a little 
questionable at best, especially when we're like forcing guys like Rashad Penny to run the ball a lot. Um, but I think he's actually kind of coming into his own in mm. finding a style of offensive coordinating that works for the team he's on and the off and, and how he operates. Um, so I would hate to see him go. If he does get an HC job, that'd be awesome for him. Uh, is it with the Texans? Who knows? I mean, the Texans are, of course, shopping for one. Who knows if they'll go with him or a college coach. Um, but I think he is going to be a headliner this year. I think a couple guys are going to end up being headliners, like uh, the enemy. Mm-hmm. He and he and Schottenheimer are the two guys that I saw that were like the ones they were talking about, at least right now, you know? So, I mean, it's interesting to see that and that'd be obviously cool to be a head coach, but I don't know if some coordinators want to be head coaches and. Right. Cause it was point, obvious someone like Dan Quinn was on his way out, right? Like he was looking to move up. Hmm. Uh, but then you look at some other guys who aren't necessarily looking to make that leap, even though like, yeah, some people just aren't looking to make that leap and that's mm-hmm. how they are. The enemy is reportedly one of those people. Um, at least last year he was different ball game this year. Um, I'd love to see him be a head coach. He's done great for the Chiefs organization, but I think, I think it's time. I think it'd be cool. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him HC for the Texans. That's my pick for the Texans. Schonheimer, I think he should stay with our team for a couple more years to show his stuff off a little more, and then maybe at that point he can move to be an HC elsewhere. I think he worked for Indy before us. Yep. Um, so I think he's just, he's got, he's got some time before I think he will make that jump, but I think he, this year will stay here. Hopefully. I think that that's the best move for him. And, and to your point, I think I would agree with that. I think he's been getting more acclimated. So, you know, it's, uh, like you said, first two years were kind of, but it's, uh, I think he's made improvements and. I think we'll continue to see those improvements. Uh, probably my least favorite part of the segment, uh, coronavirus. Uh, Tuesday, uh, nearly 50%, the league's high, nearly 50% drop uh, in positive COVID cases uh, the time period of November 29th uh, through December 5th from previous testing periods. Um, Tuesday also saw the Tuesday night game that featured Dallas visiting Baltimore and on the day of the game, Ravens wide receiver Des Bryant had to be pulled from warm-ups as it was found that he had a positive test. That was wild, dude. He was seen hugging and shaking hands with players and staff before he was pulled. Um, and after the whole situation went down, um, the NFL stated that they had followed protocol. So they, they basically said, hey, we did nothing wrong. But it's easy to say that when you're the actual league itself. Um, and then today, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said that players, NFL players and personnel will not be jumping to, jumping lines to get uh, COVID-19 vaccinations ahead of the Super Bowl. Uh, that comes with the news, obviously, of the vaccine uh, being distributed to different parts of the country uh, in certain quantities. So that's Corona time uh, for this week. Uh, looking ahead, as we've talked about kind of in depth. Um, team plays Washington foot the Washington football team next week, uh, 10 a.m. Uh, we sit at a 10, a nine and four record, uh, second in the NFC West. We're tied with the Rams for that nine and four record, but they obviously have the tiebreaker and the win. Uh, and still the nine, number five seed in the NFC, we would be facing Washington right now. 
as they are the division leader of the NFC East. So it uh, could be, depending on how things go, could be looking at a um, – this This could be a, a preview of what's to come in the playoffs. But, you know, we'll see how that thing goes. And, uh, you know, to me, every game's important from here on out. And it feels, um, it feels like it, – it, it, it feels like that that's almost – what we will be seeing not to interrupt you but it feels like that's kind of how it's going i hope we can retake the west Should that would be nice but yeah i mean it i don't know after the giants game my my hopes were kind of shook um but that is it for our feathered uh flying friends uh, who play with the pigskin uh in terms of the other football i don't really have great news for you uh the sounders played an mls cup at Columbus Crew, uh, Columbus opened up scoring with two goals in seven minutes time uh, when Lucas Zilleran hit a volleyball, a volleyball, ugh, a volley uh, that struck Stefan Fry in the arm and went past him to get in the goal. And then Villaran would assist Derek Etienne for the goal. Uh, that was all before half. So the halftime score would be 2 nothing, And as we saw in the game against uh, Minnesota, 2 nothing, you know, lead – Lead was uh, blown there, but and I've said before, I've heard that the uh, 2-0 lead is the easiest lead to blow in soccer, but, you know, didn't be the case, and there'd be no comeback this time for our Seattle Sounders as Elrond would hit another goal uh, to score a brace in the 82nd minute to give Columbus a 3-0 lead, um, and they would Columbus crew would go on to win the MLS Cup, second cup in club history, uh, and this was the largest margin of victory in MLS Cup final history. Just uh, even... Bennett said it. Uh, the team just came out and they did. They didn't look like they cared, really. I mean, it's, uh, the effort looked low, ex- except for Brad Smith came in and he looked feisty. But other than that, everybody just kind of looked like they were going about casual business. And it sucks because I don't know if this city has ever had a repeat in the cha- – no, I don't know if – I don't think you ever had a repeat uh, in a championship scenario. So uh, it would have been nice, but – I mean, I, I guess we've been blessed, but to me, I, I, I never want to be satisfied with uh, a certain level of success. You always want to do better, you know. It's like, hey, getting to the playoffs is great. Seahawks going to the playoffs, that's great. But you want to win a Super Bowl. And going to the playoffs for the Sounders 12 years in a row, that's great. But you want to win MLS Cups, you know. So um, Certainly the uh, not the outcome anybody in Seattle wanted, but, uh, you know, that's life. You don't really win them all. I know that's what everybody says, but, you know, I, I, I can't do anything about it. So uh, the only good thing that came out of Sounders news this week was uh, uh, Nico Ladero signed a three-year contract extension with Seattle. He was set to enter his final year on his previous deal, and there was some speculation as to what would happen uh, with him. And uh, he will be back uh, for another three years. Uh, the next MLS season may begin here in March. That is speculation, and do not take my entire word on it. Um, but that may be the targets uh, target time for when we see the next season start. I uh, don't have any Storm, Kraken, or Dragons news, obviously. Uh, it doesn't get any better as we get into the Huskies here. Uh, the game against the Ducks was canceled uh, due to Washington being below the 53-man minimum roster threshold. Um, Still sitting at three and one. Record doesn't change. Technically, first in the Pac-12 North, as Oregon does have the two losses uh, to Oregon State and Cal. 
Um, COVID-19 updates. Washington has, oh, well, no, we'll just get to it. UW was slated to take on USC in the Pac-12 championship game due to the fact that they were sitting at first in the North. Um, but because of COVID-19 issues, once again, affecting the roster, Oregon takes the place of the Huskies in that game. Um, UW has zero offensive linemen able to play as a result of positive COVID-19 cases and contact tracing. Uh, Coach Lake said that the whole team is in quarantine right now, which isn't great news. Uh, and the next game that the Huskies would play this year would be a bowl game. Uh, it does not sound like there will be some sort of impromptu Apple Cup. So uh, outside of the Seahawks winning, you know, kind of tough. Uh, except there is one bright spot for the Huskies basketball team. They did beat Seattle U, uh, 73-41. Quade Green had 18 points, one assist, and two rebounds, and he would be your Husky player of the game. And then would lose to Oregon uh, on Saturday by only three. So 74-71 to 71 wasn't terrible, but, you know, one and four in the season. Uh, Quade Green would uh, have 26 points, four assists, and three rebounds in that game. As I said, team sits at uh, one and four and will play Montana the Grizzlies um, on Wednesday. So, yeah, uh, t- let's see. Seahawks won. So one and Sounders lost. Husky football technically lost just because you lose out in two game opportunities. Uh, and Husky basketball lost. Oh, so two and two and three. I guess that's not horrible, but, you know, uh, that is it for us this week. Uh, Seahawks play in Washington. Uh, at 10 o'clock on Sunday, uh, no Husky football, Husky basketball plays on Wednesday, and that's kind of it for a bit uh, until the Huskies find out about bowl games. Sounders are done for a bit, and we've uh, we've got our professional football friends. So that is it for us. Uh, if Bennett has any weird noises, I will let him say them now. Woo! And uh, hopefully we get all three of us uh, next week. Thank you all, and uh, have a good rest of your day. Baba Bowie.